Welcome to episode 66 of the Farm Exec podcast. I'm Elaine Quilici, senior editor of Farm Exec Magazine and your podcast host. Farm Exec Magazine is a multimedia publishing brand that brings you the latest commercial insights for the C-suite. On this week's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Neil Hayward, CEO and founder of XI Thera. Neil talks about a new type of antithrombotic his company is working on that reduces a patient's chance of blood clotting without increasing his or her chance of bleeding. Let's take a quick break from our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Neil. What if you had limitless access to customer insights, accelerated timelines, and set fees? At True Serum Network, we're fueled by connections in virtually every area of healthcare as part of MJH Life Sciences. The result? Audience-fed creative and more powerful content in less time. True Serum Network, releasing what's real. Find out more at truesterumntwk.com. Hello, podcasters. I will be interviewing Dr. Neil Hayward, CEO and founder of Excythera, Neil is here to discuss his company, which is developing factor 11 inhibitor antithrombotics that are attacking blood clots from a new angle and are giving patients new hope. Thanks for joining us today, Neil. It's my pleasure to, to be with you today. Thank you. So in layman's terms, could you describe how traditional antithrombotics work and how your company is taking a different approach? Yeah, uh, sadly, all uh, present antithrombotics, uh, also called anticoagulants, blood thinners, unable to stop clot formation without causing unwanted bleeding, which can be major. And if left uncontrolled, the patient can die. So there's a clear unmet medical need. Uh, so these, these drugs, whether they're traditional ones, Coumadin, Warfarin, or in the case of the hospital, uh, setting heparin, or even the recent more specific agents such as Pradaxa, Eliquis, Exorelta, work by blocking both pathways involved in coagulation and hemostasis. Pharma, irrelevant of therapeutic area, often like to target key enzymes that are located in pivotal positions in, in any pathway. And this makes a lot of sense. Uh, I used to work on gastric acid secretion, heartburn medications, and, and the pivotal point there is, is the proton pump. And drugs that inhibit the proton pump have worked really well and have been very successful in the market. In the case of clot formation, it was thought that you could not inhibit clot formation without increasing bleeding. But the first indication that this may not be so was, was around 15 years ago when it was reported that humans that lacked the enzyme factor 11 uh, were fine. They did not suffer from clots. They did not have strokes. And interestingly, they had no bleeding liabilities. It was also shown that people that had high levels of factor 11 in their system were more susceptible to clot formation and had higher incidence of, of strokes. So it was these observations that suggested to us, if we could find a drug that inhibited 11 and not anything else, particularly factor 10 or thrombin, then we should have the drug we all want no clots with no bleeding problems. And this is critical since as we age, our doctors will probably put us on a blood thinner. The heart condition, atrial fibrillation, AFib, 
is a common condition as we age, and these can lead to very dangerous clots and is a primary cause of strokes. So again, we all know somebody in our families who takes Coumadin, Warfarin, or, or one of these newer drugs and has to be very careful. Uh, for example, just getting in and out of your car, uh, you could hit your head, have a minor bump. This can lead to bleeding, give you a juicy bruise. So Exithera, uh, hence the, uh, the XI in the name, is developing potent and selective factor 11A inhibitors to address this, this unmet need. So what applications are there for this type of drug and how do you see it benefiting lives? There's numerous uh, applications for a factor 11 inhibitor, both acute within the hospital setting and chronically, and actually more recently, uh, the COVID pandemic. So for the acute indications in hospital, we initially are targeting those patients who have very poor outcomes, high mortality due to being on an antithrombotic uh, and having very high bleeding rates. For example, those patients uh, that require extracorporeal circulation support the ECMO and the coronary primary bypass machines, the latter uh, known as the heart-lung machine. Patients are put on these machines, they're put on the heart-lung machine when they're during uh, cardiac surgery. And these patients undergoing a procedure such as cabbage, if they bleed due to being on heparin, which they have to be on to stop formation of clots in the patient, but, but also in the machine, bleed so much that they need a blood transfusion, their chances of dying increase fourfold. Those on an ECMO machine have a 50% chance of having an undesirable bleeding episode. We've completed uh, phase one, 60 human volunteers have taken 7041. EP7041 is our lead development drug. We've seen no safety concerns in humans. And importantly, uh, we have a very simple marker of efficacy. APTT is elevated in the presence of our drugs. We have had discussions with the FDA and have a clear path forward. We intend to open with a phase two efficacy trial in ECMO patients, then quickly move to cardiac surgery. Like I said, cabbage, LVADs. And as more and more surgeons and doctors work with EP7041 and hopefully see the first antithrombotic that has a wide therapeutic window, EP7041 will hopefully become the procedural anticoagulant of choice in the hospital. I would like to point out here that inhibiting factor 11 inhibits just the contact pathway and as such has a clear advantage over the newer drugs on the market that inhibit factor 10, that's Eliquis and Exorelta, and thrombin, factor two, Pradaxa, cannot, these cannot be and are in fact contraindicated to be used in patients that have plastic in them, artificial surfaces, such as artificial heart valves, LVADs, and numerous patients who have AFib have artificial valves implanted, and they still have to take the old drug, they still have to take the rat poison, they still have to take Coumadin. This chronic indication uh, will be well served by an oral tablet version of EP7041, and we are working on developing an oral for chronic indications, as are Big Pharma. Our oral lead agent, EP7327, is not a prodrug of 7041, but a different chemical series on a different pattern. The pattern life for 7041 is, is 2035, and the oral series is out to 2038. 
So, so sorry, back to indications. Uh, unlike Ebola, where you bleed to death, coronavirus COVID-19 patients are markedly susceptible to forming clots in multiple organs uh, due to the virus. And also the lack of activity of these patients, they're in the prone position, they're sedated while they're on a mechanical ventilator, or in some cases on an ECMO machine. Um, this makes the patient even more susceptible to clots forming. And we were approached by our key opinion leaders, ICU doctors. They want to test EP7041 in COVID ICU patients, particularly since they feel they need to increase the dose of the antithrombotic they presently give, which will lead to more bleeding. They want to test a factor 11A inhibitor such as EP7041 that should have a wide therapeutic window, meaning if they want to elevate the dose in COVID patients, they can without the worry of increasing bleeding. We've had favorable uh, interactions with the FDA and are considering expanding the proposed uh, clinical protocol. Positivity and rapid response by the agency highlights their directive. And as the FDA has stated, we are sensitive to the urgent need of new anticoagulants in the setting of the coronavirus pandemic. So why hasn't there been much progress in this area? Yeah, yeah, good question. It all sounds rather exciting. So where has it been? Well, it was about 15 years ago uh, when I actually started working on Factor 11. The major pharmaceutical companies at that time were deep, deep into development with their Factor 10 and thrombin inhibitors and didn't really have much time and money to look at potential targets such as 11. Indeed, the, the hypothesis was really only starting to develop. It really wasn't uh, until the observation that thrombin actually feedback through 11 highlighted uh, the key role, the key position 11 has in the, in the development and, and maintenance of a blood clot. The real uh, emphasis uh, and excitement on top of that was about five years ago when an antisense by a company called Ionis, this antisense was directed against factor 11 so that patients had very, very low levels of factor 11 in their system. And they tested them in a classic phase two human model, which is knee replacement. And it worked very well. It inhibited clot formation in these knee replacement people. And a markedly uh, less bleeding was observed compared to the, the standard of care, uh, which is anoxaparin, a low molecular weight heparin. Bayer responded quickly and acquired this asset. And more recently, uh, we have presented uh, phase one data with a small molecule, uh, EP7041, as has various uh, big pharma companies, primarily uh, antibodies uh, directed to, to factor 11. It was last month's ISTH, International Society of Thrombosis and Hemostasis, a conference, which, which sadly was a virtual conference. There was a few posters presented of oral small molecules being developed and we'll soon enter proof of concept phase two studies in man. So as you can see right now, factor 11 is a very hot area. And as I said earlier, Eliquis is a blockbuster drug bringing in billions a year, as is Exorelta, as is Pradacta, Pradaxa, and still roughly 50% of patients with AFib still take Coumadin since they have artificial heart valves and cannot take these newer drugs. But a drug that specifically blocks factor 11 can be given to all AFib patients, whether they have contact plastic metal in them or, or, or not. 
How did you become involved in this space, Neil? Again, it was about uh, 15 years ago. I, I was working for a Japanese company, uh, Daiichi, before it merged with Sankyo, specifically a, a small research facility in Cambridge, Mass, uh, called Diamed. Whilst our colleagues in Japan were playing and working on Factor 10, uh, we started then working on Factor 11, so about 15 years ago. Uh, there was uh, 50 of us, uh, and we crystallography. We were the first to find specific binding pocket in the Factor 11 enzyme that allowed us to design and synthesize potent, and importantly, something other groups have struggled to do, selective inhibitors. This is why other companies' leads were until recently really antisense or antibodies. We are progressing. We were progressing very well when suddenly around uh, 2009, we found out through the merger and restructuring of Daiichi and Sankyu that all of us in the US lost our jobs. I felt very strongly that we, we were very close then to nominating a development candidate, a small molecule to boot. Uh, so my old boss and I kept contacting, talking, pestering, talking. And, and eventually in 2012, I was able to acquire the Factor 11 asset patents from Daichi Sankyo. Uh, since there, there is no reach through. Investors came in and I formed Exithera Pharmaceuticals late 2012. Again, our lead compound, EP7041, it was the 41st molecule. We synthesized its completed phase one, and we have clear paths forward with the FDA in ECMO, cardiac surgery, and COVID. Uh, we are the lead company in terms of a parenteral uh, small molecule that selectively inhibits factor 11, and we're keen uh, to enter the chronic oral race uh, with EP7327, which is just about ready to enter phase one. So when you're building a company such as Exithera, what leadership skills does it take? And you know, what do you look for in employees and partners? I'd say I've been very lucky to work with fabulous people in uh, England and, and US across all disciplines, scientists, lawyers, general counsel patents, business development, PR, investors boards. And also I, I've worked uh, with some that I, I shouldn't have, I say no more. So I'm, I'm pretty opinionated. And when I formed Excythera, I decided to work with people I've worked with before or think a lot of through my interactions or through discussions with people I trust. Uh, tr trust is everything. For example, I'm not a chemist and chemists are the key to the success of a small molecule company like Excythera. Uh, I, I trust my chemists are proposing, designing, synthesizing critical molecules to take the company forward. Plus, chemical patents are everything, and without them, nobody would, you know, nobody would need to talk to me. A clear advantage of a virtual company such as Exithera is I can turn on and off CROs, uh, consultants with ease. There's, there's no need to keep them, no need to keep their office lights on, no need to pay them uh, when there's nothing for them to do. I can use them as I need them. And in addition, by myself, I have to wear a ton of hats, but I can be very frugal with the money, which, which always goes down well with the investors. One disadvantage uh, is consultants sleep at night, whereas I do not. And uh, the good news is the company last year doubled in size. We're up to, actually up to uh, two FDEs and, and now I have a partner who, who doesn't sleep in addition to myself. Well, thanks so much for being with us today, Neil. It's been a pleasure learning about this exciting new pathway that could really improve the lives of people who are in danger of blood clotting.
yeah, thank you. I'm, a, I'm excited just to be part of the Factor 11 story. And, and as I age, I, I know I'll have to eventually be on a blood thinner. And, and boy, would I like a drug that doesn't have uh, bleeding li liabilities. I still want to play soccer. And I certainly don't want to take a drug that needs an antidote. You know, yikes. What if you had limitless access to customer insights, accelerated timelines, and set fees? At True Serum Network, we're fueled by connections in virtually every area of healthcare as part of MJH Life Sciences. The result? Audience-fed creative and more powerful content in less time. True Serum Network, releasing what's real. Find out more at truestherumntwk.com. And now it's time for this week's leadership tips from pharma execs. Hi, I'm Neil Haywood, CEO and, and founder of Excitera Pharmaceuticals. And my leadership tip is make sure you surround yourself with people, stars of their discipline, who will always talk uh, freely. Uh, trust them and empower them to execute. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's PharmaExec podcast. We are always pleased to take you behind the headlines, provide expert tips from industry leaders, and give you an inside look at what the PharmaExec staff is working on. Remember, you can always find us on the web at PharmaExec.com, on Twitter at PharmaExec, on Instagram at PharmaExecutive, and on YouTube. The views expressed on this podcast do not reflect the views of PharmaExec, its parent company, or our advertisers. For editorial questions, please email editorial director Lisa Henderson at lhenderson at mjhlifesciences.com. And for sponsorship opportunities, please email group publisher Todd Baker at tbaker at mjhlifesciences.com.